0: I mean, I'm pretty, I don't know if stubborn is the right word, persistent. That's and great. And so, yeah. yeah, definitely those those races where there's a good amount of adversity. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty good at finishing those ones uh, and persisting through, you know, bad weather, bad road conditions. Yeah. The fact that I went to the start line pretty much says that it's my intention to finish and I'm going to do everything I can to finish.
1: From KOM Cycling and Michigan Midpack Media, welcome to the Dirty Chain Podcast. The podcast that covers the cycling scene from the viewpoint of the Michigan Mid-Pack. I am your host, Trevor. And on this episode, I talk with Tour Divide finisher, Dr. Tracy Berman. When I think of multi-day bike events, racing, cycling events... Um, In the United States, uh, two of them come to mind. The first one is the Ram Ride, Ride Across America, um, that goes from the west coast to the east coast. On the other end of the spectrum is the Tour Divide. It starts um, north in Canada, goes south to the New Mexico slash Mexico border, um, self-supported bike hacking race. I know Tracy as a as a gravel cyclist and cycle cross racer here in Michigan, and when I heard that she was going to attempt the Tour Divide, I knew um, that not only did I want to hear her story, but that many of you uh, would want to hear it as well. Tracy does a great job of taking us through the details of the Tour Divide and, um, and all of that. But she also takes us through her ride, the ups and the downs, Um, and we talk a lot about what it takes, not only physically but mentally, to start and finish such an impressive ride. So I want to get right to it, the Tour Divide, with finisher, Dr. Tracy Berman. Hello. How are you?
0: (laughs) I'm really good, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty high energy. Don't have that. Like, you know, sometimes you have a big event you've been planning for for a long time and you get there and then it's just like afterwards. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Oh, sure. 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 Yeah. So, no, I'm excited about the next thing. So I'm feeling good.
1: Has Uh, it been like a, a week or two weeks. How how long have you been home?
0: I've been home for a week. I finished on July 10th. That took me a couple days, like logistically to get from the middle of nowhere back to Michigan. So.
1: Sure. Um, did you go out there with any, I mean, it looked like you were getting back by yourself. Did you go
0: out there with anyone? Yeah. My husband flew out with me.
1: Okay. And
0: so, um, I mean, besides nice to spend time with him without our son, uh, you know, before the start, before I was going to be gone a while, it just really helped out logistically uh, because I could fly there. Usually I have like a hard shell bike box uh, so I could make sure that my bike was packed safely. Uh, And then I had like all my tools. Like I like to have my torque wrenches and make sure like everything's just right and stuff. So I could bring all that with me and then just send it back with him.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So other other people, I mean, so on the way home, all you have to get back is what you had during the ride. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I got a cardboard box and like everything was stuffed in there, uh, you know, not padded or anything. Everything made it back. But like the clothes that I wore back on the airplane are like my camp clothes from the ride. (laughs) And I just kept like washing in the hotel sink. So I didn't smell like horrible, (laughs) but um, yeah. So, I mean, it was nice on the way there that I could wear Different clothes and stuff too, because my husband helped me out.
1: Tell me about the finish, like I, I know we're, we haven't even like got to the beginning, but like the it seems. I mean, you sent me that amazing YouTube video of like uh some of the other riders um, of day I, one, and uh, and it, and it yeah. seemed like it was like holy moly, yeah. The the start was it's kind of a relaxed, and you know it wasn't like a, a a huge event kind of start, which I kind of figured because it would be, it's a multi-day thing. And, um, it's not like everyone's there rearing to go, uh, real fast from the line, but, but the, the views from the first day that were on that YouTube video, I was like, Holy cow. I mean, that you don't, it's not like they ease into it at all. It's just, uh, oh, no. it's just yeah. completely gorgeous. And contrasting that to, um, and I only know it from the pictures, um, of everyone finishing, but it's at the border, um, in front of a fence, (laughs) uh, what town does it finish in?
0: Uh, Antelope Wells, New Mexico. And literally, I don't know if it'd be called a town. I mean, literally the only thing there is the border control. Okay. So the next closest town, which has a market, um, like the little markets 50 miles away. Like forty six miles away. Um, so logistically, so it's just like this, you know, brushy kind of desert, deserty area with cows. Everywhere has cows, but yeah,
1: yeah. Then so logistically, finishing, and then you know, getting your uh, a, uh, 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 obligatory obligatory picture. Um, then I mean, like, how do you get from there to? I mean. For you, are you back on your bike riding to the the next town so you could get to a uh, hotel and a, a bus? No,
0: some people do. Some people do. No, there's a guy and it kind of what he does for a living to pay for his house is pick up uh, the cyclists and also the hikers. So the Continental Divide Trail that people hike also okay. would be kind of parallel uh, the bike race we did. So that's kind of what he does. And so you hire him and he will come pick you up. Uh, he will- take you back to store so you can get a little bit of food Uh, and then you can stay at his house for the night uh, and he has bike boxes He'll help you like tape up your bike and then he'll drop you off at the airport so if he wasn't doing that like i don't know uh one of the uh new zealanders rode back about 50 miles to that town Uh um but yeah i was a little a little worried that I'd get there and no one would pick me up and that's what I'd have to do. But on one hand you're like, okay, 50 miles, like I can, you know, I've done it. I can do that. But on the other hand, like you've told yourself you're done. And so to be re like going again, also, I mean, there's nowhere to get water at the border. So yeah, hopefully you have enough to, to spin around again.
1: What time of day did you finish?
0: I finished like 5.00 PM, which I think is a pretty solid time. Uh, a lot of people, it looks like they're finishing in the dark in their photos. And so there's the people who are finishing in the dark because um, they ride, you know, all the time. Uh, I usually tried to get a good amount of sleep. So I wasn't always riding or didn't didn't ride through the night. Um, but other people, because it's hot in New Mexico, they'll ride through the night. And so they might have been finishing like early morning in the dark. Uh, and so I know some people did that, but then you do that. And if you're passing through the towns at 2 a.m., then you're not going to get a resupply, right? It's going to be closed. So you got to yeah. pack more water, more food.
1: Um, you mentioned this uh, the person at the end of the at the yeah, end of Jeffrey,
0: Jeffrey Sharp. Yeah.
1: OK, Jeffrey Sharp. It w- is that kind of a theme? I, I kind of sense like you kind of have these trail angels throughout the entire um or maybe i i don't know is that kind of a trail
0: trail service people the trail yeah i mean there's people that it goes through a lot of small towns right and so if they can offer service i mean that's just maybe the way most of the people are coming through their town is affiliated with racing or hiking so Yeah. yeah there's a few towns that that's basically what they do is you know feed feed the cyclist house the cyclist um uh there's some place um Whitefish bike retreat, like they'll get you to the start, um, but they do more things. So they also have like trails and stuff near their bike retreat in whitefish. So that's not the only thing they're counting on, but they will shuttle you to the start if you wanted to get up to bam from, uh, Montana.
1: Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, we kind of started kind of completely backwards, but, um, I was hoping that you could just very simply uh, for those that don't know, um, explain what the tour divide is. So like, where does it start? Where does it finish approximately? How many miles it is? And, um, and then I'm not sure if you know this, this year, how many people, um, at least started it.
0: Oh yeah. I meant to, uh, look up more of the statistics. So the uh, tour divide is taking the great divide mountain bike route and uh, trying to do it as a race Uh, and so trying to finish it as quickly as you can as opposed to it was kind of designed to be a a touring route that people might take a a couple months to finish and so um, the Adventure Cycling Association put together this route in I think 1997 Uh, and then of course a couple years later people decided they needed to do it as quickly as they possibly could and originally uh, it went from I think it's Roswell, but you'd have to check me on that one, Montana or Roosevelt, Montana, um, on the border of Canada. And then it would go down to Antelope Wells, New Mexico. And I think sure. that was like 2,600 miles. Um, and eventually, excuse me, <coughs> they expanded the route. And so it would start in uh, Banff uh, in Alberta, Canada, uh, and still go down to the same ending point. I think they added that in like, 2008 or something and so kind of the historical records are border to border um, but now the newer records are from Banff, um down to the mexico border there's actually you can even start in uh, jasper a little further up but people usually don't do that as part of the race um the so if you do the the race or i guess route now it'd be like 20 27 hundred uh, 100 miles or a little bit more than that um, and so, there's some deviations between the Great Divide mountain bike route and Tour Divide. Not very many, but they, you know, had to add in some uh, more challenging sections since it was supposed to be a race. And so, there's more uh, single track, more kind of silly. I guess I say silly, but um, <laughs> like the big, <laughs> the chunky rocks that you're pushing through to get uh, for hours to cover a few miles, like that's just in the Tour Divide. Um, people touring it would would not go through that. Um, but yeah, for the most part, they're pretty similar. Um, but this year, before the race even started, uh, there was wildfires in New Mexico, and so the national forest were closed, and so even from the beginning, we weren't going to be following. Uh, the original route through the national parks in New Mexico, there was going to be a, a dirt road detour. Uh, and then because there was uh, so much rain, it's kind of monsoon season there and the mud has a lot of clay and it gets um, pretty much impossible. And so then there was a, a third version of the route, which was uh, had pavement in the middle. Um, but, you know, they're all kind of like 2600 to 2700 miles ish. Um, yeah, and it usually starts, uh, if you're doing the grand depart, so grand depart is everyone kind of starting together. The goal being that we're in similar ish weather conditions from the start. And that's usually the, the second Friday in June, or you can do it as an individual time trial. Um, and if you wanted to try to, uh, aim for better weather, maybe starting later, so more of the snows melted and you've avoided monsoon season, you can do that as well and so that's the tour divides like racing it or trying to race it
1: so i've seen um from from some of your photos for from other people's photos or videos um everything yeah. from pavement to pretty amazing gravel roads to almost single track to straight up snow um what kind yeah. of conditions did you encounter um i mean what is it majority Dirt roads. You uh, it, it said it's kind of a, the 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 it's it, it a mountain biking type of. I mean, it looks like a lot of people they ride. They call
0: it a mountain bike race, but right. I mean, the the cutthroat is clearly the bike of choice. Like uh-huh. Salsa designed the cutthroat for the Tour Divide, and so, so yeah, it's that's kind, kind of, of what like I was a, thinking. Yeah. So I mean, most people are are rigid, but bigger tires, mm-hmm. um, kind of like more, I guess, monster. Crossy is what I would think. So, um, but a gravel bike and people have done it on cyclocross bikes, but I think probably be a little uncomfortable on the chunky parts. I mean, a lot of it was gravel, uh, but, um, not like Michigan gravel, like Michigan gravel, you you know, we say brown pavement in a lot of cases, Sure. as opposed to maybe up north, it's a little Sandy, but it was definitely chunkier, rockier in most places. There was some sand definitely a good amount of snow packed the first (laughs) week which was good interesting very pretty i mean it's pretty if you can stop and appreciate it but it's just a long time pushing your bike uh and then i mean there's some sections that are pretty chunky rock so i'm the up this the ascents like some nobody could ride and then some descents chunky rock like I guess, braver, more skilled people could ride down it. Um, I thought a few of them, I was pretty frustrated, probably a couple, couple of my most frustrating points were like, okay, you've been going up the ascent. I was single speeding. So sometimes I was pushing up the ascent. You're like, okay, descending. And then it's just so chunky that on a fully rigid bike, it was just so uncomfortable that I couldn't really ride it. And I was irritated.
1: <laughs> yeah, Sorry. Sure.
0: Those are are some of my least favorite parts. The 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 chunky descents. The chunky descents. Yeah.
1: The chunky. Yeah, and and you know, you you, usually one looks forward to a descent to give you a little bit of rest, but when they're so chunky and technical, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure you're thinking about you know, the long like, like, if if it's just beating up your body, you don't want to be beat up. the next day or the day after that from taking something a little too aggressive or um wow. That's I, you mentioned single speed. Yeah. I, I do want to get back to, I want to put a pin in single speed and talk about that for a second, but um, um in a second, but I'm curious. uh I mean, obviously I, I you know, a lot about the history of, of tour divide and a lot of, of the details, of course, because you not only because you, you wrote it, but like how, when did it enter your mind that um this was something you wanted to take on?
0: Yeah, I wish I had a better like origin story for this. Oops, sorry, I'm bumping my table I'm making That's noise. Okay. A better origin story. Uh I mean I definitely had been familiar with it. Do you know Jesse Ramsey? Have you ever uh, ridden with Jesse?
1: I don't think so. The name sounds familiar.
0: Okay. Uh he's back in Michigan, but in the UP now. So Jesse does or did a lot of the ultra races. And so I think he did it in 2008. And so I'd heard stories from him. I clearly didn't listen well enough as to how hard some of the sections would be because I felt totally unprepared the first week. But it was definitely like an idea of something that existed, not something I would do that existed. I think it was um, kind of a joke of uh, my friend, David Palins, you know, that someday I'm going to be single speeding tour divide. Like, you know, that's a completely ridiculous thing that one would pick up. And so maybe that's also another way that it got into my head, but it really became like a goal Um, during uh, 2020. I did a, I copied uh, part of uh, Matt Acker's route, the Moore route, but I want Traverse City to Ann Arbor. And so I made a little like, deviation from lansing to ann arbor so i did that over eight days uh solo by myself okay and i enjoyed that and so i was like okay maybe i want to take on something longer and so then it was kind of give myself a lot of time to plan i kind of got my uh seven evergreen like intending to use that bike um and so you know give myself time to get the setup right and stuff
1: did you do the um your own version of the more route on single speed or did you do that geared
0: that was geared. That was uh, on my Warbird. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So then, um, so, <laughs> so what I, I am curious then, what was the origin of the thought of doing it single speed? Um, I'm sure. Well, yeah. You just jump into it. I I, I want to know the, all about the thought
0: of doing a single speed. I mean, I've been doing all my gravel races single speed this year, yeah. just to like really change it up. I've been doing gravel for a few years now. Yeah. Um, and so my background was triathlon, and so when you think about triathlon racing, uh, on the cycling portion, like you try to keep your effort like super duper even, right? So that you're not spiking your heart rate for the run, and so the goal is like a perfectly even power the whole ride. And so then when I started riding with cyclists and you get to a hill, right. And they're powering up the hill and coasting down. Like it was really annoying to me, but also like, it's just hard for me to ride with them. And so taking up single speed, like I can't do that super even thing right anymore. Right. And so it teaches me to ride in a totally different way. And I can actually ride better with other groups of people on a single speed because I have to do the, you know, work up a hill and then pretty much not do much on the way down. Like it, it gives you that, and so yeah, I like that. It's just a different way of riding than I'd done for so many years.
1: Did you not think though that, um, and I don't know, maybe Tour Divide is like kind of a one and done thing. I'm sure it takes a lot of resources and time and all this stuff, but you didn't think maybe you wanted to give it a shot geared and maybe the next time do single speed.
0: Okay. So my, my other thought besides it being fun and me liking it is, um, reduced chance of mechanical issues.
1: Okay. That's, I, I was wondering if I, that I was... already
0: had enough as it was. So I can't imagine if I was having uh problems with my shifting as well, but you think about like, I'm not saying I was wishing for that weather that we got for the spring in the Michigan Gravel Race series but I mean maybe I was hoping that all of your derailers would fail it, it might be true <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm like if you're mud I can do mud right yeah. <laughs> let those suckers freeze like I don't need to worry so yeah I was thinking about that too I think it's just less to go wrong um and for Embarrassing reasons, I will say, I tipped over several times, and almost every single time it was drive side. So I'm pretty sure I would have been single speed, even if I went out there with gears, because I was determined.
1: It could have just fall over
0: on that side. It could
1: have <laughs> just been meant to be, like uh, whatever whatever bike you brought, you would have been single speed anyways. <laughs> I'm
0: I'm I'm pretty sure. I don't know. It was so embarrassing. I'm like one, why am I falling over? And two, like every time, drive side. Like at least balance it out.
1: Did you? Um... How did you decide on what gearing ratio to use is that is that yeah. kind of like I, listen i'm not I'm not a single speeder um I don't quite I can't quite like get my head around it but I do appreciate people that that do that um is the gear ratio question kind of like the what tire pressure are you going to run question are those kind of like similar things
0: uh I mean a little. In a way. Yeah. Um, I mean, people are going to have their own preferences and people are going to be like questioning themselves to the last minute. Right. And trying to get other people's input. I was very convinced that I picked a good gear ratio before I'd gone basing it on all of my Michigan, mostly Michigan riding, but I did take a single speed to Montana last summer. Um, and I, I have taken it to some climbing in uh, Colorado and California, um, and I was pretty confident in my choice. So I did a ratio of two I have a 40 in front. And then I put a 20 in the back and I do have a 21 and I thought about it. And then I'm like, no, it's going to be too, too spinny. Uh, I, I kind of wish I would have put the 21 on there, especially, um, Canada and Montana. Like once I got past that, uh, felt a little better. Um, but yeah, Randall, uh, Riker, uh, he was also from Ann Arbor. So he was at um, his third attempt. Uh, he didn't, he didn't make it to the end, but he ran the same as me. And he caught up to me, I think before we, yeah, right before we crossed the border in the U S he's like this gear ratio. And I'm like, I know, but it's too late. <laughs> it's like, it's too hard. It's like, we've committed like oh, man. stuck with it. I saw it. So the, I haven't looked at everybody's it looks like the male winner used to, and then his wife was a little bit lower than that. And I think she made some, a better choice than I did.
1: <laughs> Man, that's, that's wild. Um, what other, what other gear choices, specific gear choices did you make that, um, that are, are notable? Um, I, I'm sure that there's, that's kind of a big question because it's, mm-hmm. It's all about the gear, right? It's all about um, the preparation of the gear. Love, people,
0: I think there's some people that like that part more than they like the racing part. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to do like a, a breakdown at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the really stupid idea of doing the michigan the divide race and putting all my junk back on there uh and and (laughs) i bike packing from my in-laws at traverse city to manton and then doing the race with all my junk or maybe leaving some of my junk at the start line i'm not sure so i'll reset it up and i'll do like a you know what's on my bike thing yeah i think what i would say was notable that some people didn't bring is i think i packed more clothes than some people did Um, And I think that really helped me. So there was a winter storm. Some people were still in Canada, I had just made it over into the US. And so there was a winter storm. And there was a day it was, uh, you know, high 30s, low 40s, rainy, wet, we were pushing through the snow. Um, And those are conditions that I found even in Michigan, right? Sometimes like 90 minutes in, like you're waterproofing, you have wetted through, and you're just cold no matter what. And then you know, you can't unbuckle your own helmet, like you can't do anything. Right. And so I've, I've definitely had some bad rides in Michigan where I've gotten too cold. Um, And so I knew it was a possibility we were going to have that weather. And I was pretty nervous about it because I know that uh, I don't necessarily do well in it. And so I had a, um, I guess, Patagonia, like nano puff vest. And so it's a synthetic puffy vest uh, that I figured I could wear under my raincoat if it was uh, super cold and wet. And so because it was synthetic, it should still provide some insulation, even if it's wet. And so I had that on the cold day and also like really thick wool socks. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't have extra socks. Um, Rain pants. Most people have rain pants. Um, Those are kind of like sacrificial gear because if you ride in them that long, they pretty much get worn out. So it's kind of like a expensive one trip piece of gear, which is a little sad. Uh, mine are pretty, pretty ripped up. I took shoe covers, which is debatable, um, because they do get destroyed because mm-hmm. there's so much walking. Um, but for, I think the descents, it really helps like t- to block the air out of your shoes. Um, though I also, um, uh, kind of copied some things from, uh, jill martindale i'm a fangirl and so like thinking <laughs> about her her i did a rod uh and using the plastic bags as vapor barriers uh a lot of people did that i did that and then also her idea of having like oh shit clothes like the clothes that you have to keep dry unless you're in a warm shelter or it's an emergency situation like i had those on me um uh, and so there was like extra layer of clothes that's uh, with my sleeping bag in a dry bag. And like that can only come out like, you know, maybe I had to go in a pit toilet or something because I'm so cold, but at least I can put something dry on. And so I had that. And I think that was um, useful gear. I didn't need to put it on in an emergency situation, um, but I did have it when I was, um, you know, cold and rainy one day, changed into that and then went out into the winter storm the next day. So I think it helped to be warm over the night.
1: Was there anything that, um, that you feel like you wish you had had brought?
0: Uh, I wish I had sun sleeves for my arms. Interesting. Uh, like I always go with sunscreen. Um, I, I'd rather like feel the wind on my arms than have that barrier, but I got some sort of like, I think maybe heat rush or something. Uh, so there's a high desert in Wyoming. I was pretty exposed and my arms were like painfully itchy, thick red, disgusting for like a week after that. Uh, and so I was wearing my like black thick thermal arm warmers to try to keep sun off Oof. of my poor arms. But I think those probably made them sweat more, which wasn't helpful. Um, and I stopped at a few bike shops and they were sold out of the sun sleeves. So I would bring those. Um, and then I didn't bring nail trimmers and I ended up buying them because for- <laughs> you're out for a whole month. Like oh, you would yeah. keep those toenails short, <laughs> So I brought, I've got nail trimmers from gas station.
1: Man, I would never have thought of that.
0: (laughs) I was like, it's going to be fine. And it's like, especially like so much walking in your bike shoes. You're like, no, no, we need to keep these real tidy. (laughs)
1: Um, You know, just in terms of gear and like preparation. And you said some people enjoy like the, the gear side of things more than maybe the riding. I mean, is that not your, I mean, obviously I just, just, just by knowing you via like social media and, and things like you do some, uh, I mean, you obviously know your, your gear and how to like maintain your gear. Um, it looks like you do some of your own bike maintenance. Um, and, uh, don't, yeah, don't you even like run some, some clinics too every once in a while, or is that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So our, uh, local bicycle, bicycle co-op common cycle, I lead the fem trans women, non-binary programming, uh, yeah. Or coordinate it. But uh, we have some new people helping lead the classes, which I'm very okay. excited about um, new voices. Yeah. I like, I like being able to maintain my stuff. I will say that I did get quite a bit of help from uh sick transit in town. Uh, just, I wanted like multiple sets of eyes looking over my bike before I went out, not just mine. Sure. Um, and then uh, they just helped me keep my setup real tidy and stuff. But uh, I do enjoy that, but I don't enjoy mainly I enjoy riding my bike. And so, you know, some people are really worried about like which tires they're going to run. I don't get super into that. Like I'd rather spend that time riding my bike usually, but, yeah, uh, or working on it. So, well, you know, I guess, uh, I,
1: I guess yeah. the, the reason I'm I'm wondering is cause I, I think about the, um, uh, the tour divide or just like any type of big event like that long, um, where you're alone for a lot of the time where you, you have to, uh, rely on yourself. And, um, and, uh, even, even if it's, even if it's not your favorite thing, um, I was just, I don't know. I was thinking after you finished, I was talking to some friends about, you know, would you ever want to do that? And I'm like, I don't know if I could ever trust myself to be able to fix my bike on the, on the side of the road. Um, but so how important do you think that aspect is before you take off on something like this to be able to, I mean, it, you had some mechanical yeah, issues. Um, do, do you feel like you were, you were prepared well enough in that sense?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you should be pretty confident, like thinking about what can go wrong on your bike and having some maybe can't fix it all the way like what's going to get you rolling well enough that you can get to a bike shop um like you know some idea of of what can go wrong um i I mean i think you should have that even if you're doing michigan coast to coast right like you got 50 miles to get to to your next place like you don't want to be totally dependent on other people um so yeah spend a lot of time like making sure like any of the multi-tools you bring with you like you can use those because they're not as nice to use as your tools in your shop, right? So you got to make sure that you can use those. So practice using them in your shop at home. Um, practice, make sure that you can hand pump, can get all the way up to pressure, even if it takes you five years, right? Like ignore the floor <laughs> pump, like those kind of things. I felt pretty well re- prepared. So my main mechanicals, uh I kept having issues with my rear brake. They're hydraulic disc brakes, and so. Uh, It seemed to be an issue with the bleed and I mean, no one's carrying a bleed kit with them on the tour divide. And (laughs) so the argument for that is, you know, if you're touring in a remote part of the world where there's not a bike shop, you probably want to run mechanical brakes, right? Because you can replace the cable, you can replace the brakes, like the hydraulic, they work really great, but there's not a lot you can do to fix them in the field, Um, And then the other issue I was having uh, was just punctures. And so uh, sidewall tear that didn't really seal up well on its own. Uh, I got a puncture kind of in the tread and that didn't seal up well on some. And so I've never had uh, a puncture on a tubeless tire before, Um, but I knew that. And so before I left, I practiced. And so a friend gave me like an old tire. They were going to throw away and, uh, stabbed it with a knife and practiced using, uh, the repair kit. I think I would like to do in the future. Like there's a lot of different, uh, the bacon strips and the, the tools. And I would like to have a better idea of which ones are the best ones to use and you know, how to use them most effectively. But I did have some idea of how to do it. Um, I will say the sidewall tear, I'm like, Oh, it's going to seal with sealant and just kept riding and it wasn't sealing. And like stopping, you know, every so often to just reinflate it. I'm like, it's going to seal. Like, I don't know why I didn't try to plug it from the get go. I wasted a day, a day, <laughs> it's like keep inflating. I don't know what it was. It was stupid optimism. Um, <laughs> and then I tried to put a tube in cause I was like, okay, I give up. I'm going to put a tube in. And so you hear all these stories of people who go to grab their spare tube and it's got holes in it. Cause they've been riding with it forever. Right. Um, oh, in yeah. their bag. Yeah. Yeah. So I made sure to get a fresh tube for this trip, which I put in the bag oh, with no. all my tools, which has holes in it. Right. <laughs> Like, I don't know what the logic was there. And so I put it in and it's not inflating and I pull it out and I'm like, oh, there's a hole, I've got a patch kit. And then I look, there's like eight holes. There's not enough patches for that. Oh, goodness. And so then I'd already like dumped the sealant out and I'm like, Oh, but I still had a little extra sealant left. So I reset it up too close with my hand pump. But, um, that wasn't the smartest. Like if I just plugged it from the get-go, I think sidewall tears are always going to be, not that, not, you know, a little more problematic, but that would have saved me a lot of heartache. Um, and I replaced that tire and then the other puncture on the bottom that, that broke up in a few times, but it resealed. So that was good. Um, I did use a plug. So yeah, practice like what can go wrong and then practice fixing it, uh, practice like your geared bikes, practice, setting them up single speed for when you dump over on your drive side. Um, And you got to think about like, could I do this if it's cold and wet, like Iceman or something like that. Right. Like go, go through your scenarios.
1: Right. Um, I just, yeah, I I was thinking about um, where you have to be like mentally, like the mental space to begin um, an adventure, like the tour divide. And I was, I was thinking about preparation and, um, and just, knowing you a little bit, I was like, yeah, you know, she seems like she's a well-prepared person. I mean, not to, not to, uh, stereotype, but I mean, you're a scientist, right? Like, I feel like, I feel like you have like your things in order. Right. (laughs) I mean, but, uh,
0: some days. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, like I just thinking about like the, I'm sure everyone has a, uh, a little bit of Uh, what's the word, but like, you can only be so confident going into these things, but I think being confident is important, right? You can't, that that's going to push you a little further than uh, being so unsure of yourself. And now like uh, we were talking a little bit before you left and I remember you saying, um, well, whether I finish or I not finish, it'll be an interesting story um, either way. So I'm sure there was part of you, maybe that's more of a realist thing to say like, well, it, I may not be able to finish it, but I'm sure there's, you have to be somewhat confident that one, you can, uh, be safe out there that you can get yourself out. But then also like in the back of your mind, I'm sure that you're like, yeah, I can, I can, I can do this. I'm that's why I'm here at the beginning. I'm here to finish it. Um, how, how does that, that confidence play in your, not just a tour divide, but I guess like anytime you're on the bike.
0: Uh, I mean, I'm pretty, I don't know stubborn is the right word, persistent. That's and great. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. Those, those races where there's a good amount of adversity. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty good at finishing those ones, uh, I'm persisting through, you know, bad weather, bad road conditions. Uh, so most of the time I get to the start I make it to the finish, um not good at going if I'm sleepy, but <laughs> didn't finish the crasher in 2020. I was just taking me way, way too long. But otherwise, yeah, I'm pretty good at going up against adversity. And so yeah, the fact that I went to the start line pretty much says that it's my intention to finish, and I'm gonna do everything I can to finish. Um and so uh I guess the second time my break stopped working really bad timing as I rolled into the next town on a Sunday. And of course the bike shops don't open till a Tuesday. Uh, and so I, I ended up sitting around uh, taking a zero day, which was kind of good. Cause I had some things that need to heal up anyway, but um, I get to the shop. And this guy's not like, not confident that he's going to be able to fix it. And so I'm trying to figure out like, I'm going to ride back to the past town or I'm going to pay like $200 for an Uber. I'm like, I am not quitting. Like oh. we are going to figure out, you know, you like overnight something to this, you know, do it myself, like send myself a, <laughs> a, a bleed kit. And I was like, I'm not quitting. Like it's not going to happen. Like I never, there was a few frustrating moments, like the rocky descents and some mosquito swarms, but otherwise, like I never, I never wanted to quit. And I think a lot of people say it's the you know the mental game a lot of people oh so we never went over how many people started i think it was like 186 did the grand depart okay and i think maybe 60 finishers i haven't checked but i mean it's usually wow. over 50% um dnf rate and yeah. so and a lot of people say it's really like the mental like you got to be it's not going to be comfortable it's going to be long days um i'm pretty introverted. So being alone by myself that long isn't a big deal, but uh, you know, bothers some people a lot being isolated for that long. Um yeah, but I mean, I was saying, you know, part of me not finishing, you just like, you never know if you're gonna get injured or health, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just get these, you know, random infections at some time. So if it, you know, happens on your ride, you got a whole month to get sick and for something to get screwed up. So yeah, some people got COVID and we're out. And so you don't, it's always uncertainty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I just think it does take like a certain, uh, personality to persevere or to, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm
0: a little, little concerned because, uh, you know, people are like, I'm motivated and I'm going to do this. It's like, if you're one of those people that's going to like, be upset about a little bit of sand on a course or, you know, a cold race morning start. I'd not recommend it. I really <laughs> wouldn't. That's... You're not going to like it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, That's any, any standout moments. Um, I mean, you mentioned some of the, the tough things, the, the flats, the, the, you know, the, the, the difficulty with your brakes, the chunky descents, what, I mean, Obviously, I mean, it was what an amazing! I can't even wrap my head around the amazing experience. What are what what are some of the high moments of of
0: Yeah, of the, high uh, mo- I like I- thinking about high moments. Yeah, there weren't that many low moments, but they just like stick in your head pretty well.
1: Sure, they make good uh, stories too. But like, yeah, let's talk about the the positive things. <laughs>
0: yeah, so I sent I sent you the video, uh, uh-huh. a YouTube video from Stephen Petty. But like the first day, I think just you know you're excited because it's the first day, Um, but just those views of the Canadian Rockies, uh, and I don't remember the names of the roads, but it was massively wide gravel road. Like, think of a highway, but it's a gravel road, and then you can just see the snow-capped mountains in the background, and this is, like, how you're starting off, and it's kind of unbelievable, I think, um, or at least (laughs) if I was just like, oh, my gosh, it's happening. Yeah, Uh, I'm here I'm riding, riding in the snow. And then you realize that's not as great as you originally thought it was. Um, but that was definitely, <laughs> it was definitely a high moment. Um, I also really like enjoyed meeting the other racers. Like sometimes you're only next to each other for a little while, or you would like kind of yo-yo back and forth as the days went on. Um, but especially the first few, like really hard days, you know, you'd see someone, they would stop and then you'd catch up. Like, that was just a great, like mental, like, Oh, it's my friend, Daniel, or it's my friend, AJ. Like, that was one of the things that kind of upset me about being stuck in Butte for two days is like, those friends were like long gone. Um, Then you meet, then you, then you meet new people. Um, but those were really good moments. Um, I met, um, Jacob C can't pronounce his last name, uh, when I was finally uh putting a, a plug into the sidewall tear, and he's like, I'm staying with you until so, you know we act know it's actually holding. Like I refuse to ride off. I'm like, oh, because I kind of want to hurt by myself. But he was really great. Um, and he told me about like the alpaca ranch, like llama farm. And this is in Montana. It was after I think the day with the most climbing and maybe also the the hottest day. Uh, so it was a little uncomfortable. Uh, and there's these people and they just like offer free um, housing to people riding the great divide route. And they have these little, uh, they kind of look like um, your yard sheds, but like mine was like a wagon, like sheep herders would use to pull that you can stay in with bunk beds. And they'd like stock them with food and they're like, eat what you want. They had an outside shower, oh they, like God. come to the porch and have a beer uh yeah that was that was so nice i'm like oh wow <laughs> this is great like and you know hanging out so we we all hung out and had dinner together the, the other cyclists and i that were there you know it was so nice to have like a chill moment to do that so that was really good um and then kind of like there's some areas uh southern colorado it's called like platoro and it was just yeah, so gorgeous with like the water running and like the, the rock formations in the mountains. They have these really like iron rich rocks that make the mountains red. And that was so pretty. That's where I, one day I was just like, I'm done. Like I'm staying here. <laughs> it was like, it was like five o'clock. I'm like, I'm not riding anymore. Cause I want to stay here for the rest of the day. <laughs> You're like looking at all these people who live in this area. And I'm like, well, I can live here for one day. So yeah. that's,
1: that's great. And I mean, I'm sure that that's, that's the reason a lot of people take on that challenge is to just be able to experience those i don't know views and uh part of the country you know by bike or you know they get yeah, there it's themselves so, like
0: you earn those views right yeah, yeah like you've gone up you've you've done climbing all day so you earned that view and it's i think so much more rewarding than uh i mean some of those roads you could not go through on a vehicle there were a lot of atvs but um some of those roads, we've been close to ATV. So like, that's the way you do it, right? Hike it or bike it.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. Do you feel accomplished now? I mean, you should like you, you, you got it, you got it done. You, um, you are a tour divide finisher. Um, does that last one
0: to beat the broom this year?
1: (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Do you feel though? Like you did it or is there still something now you're like, okay, what's next?
0: Uh, No, I feel feel pretty, I feel pretty satisfied. Um, I mean, I don't think that I'm like a a changed new person. I think I'm a little more like, yeah, I'm tough. I can be tough Um, than I used to be like more willing to admit it. Uh, I don't, I'm not disappointed. So there's kind of a conflict between, like I told you, I stopped one day early, like racing it and being competitive and then enjoying the experience. Um that I, I don't know if I've quite settled in yet. Like I feel like I could have pushed myself to do more miles per day and to do it a little faster. I didn't but I didn't think that would be necessarily even if I could do it faster, it would be rewarding to me. Um, I found when I was riding in the dark it's kind of disappointing because you can't see the views. And so you're like, well, I'm missing all of this. Sure. Also, I thought it was a little scary in bear country um, and a little scary descending when you can only see so far ahead of you. So, I mean, I just, even if I could do it, I don't think I necessarily should because I'm not sure what I would be trying to prove. Like, I think I, I have a, a physiology that recovers well um and that I could be more competitive in it but I think mentally it wouldn't be enjoyable and I'm like one of those people I would love to read all the informational placards about the rocks and stuff <laughs> I only let myself read like you know one out of every 10 or one out of 20 and kind of I wouldn't go back and read all the stuff That's funny. <laughs> so if I did it again it would be it would be so slow. <laughs> well,
1: it's kind of it's it's too like you you're talking about the um the conflict there but it's still a little fresh right i mean you you've only been home a week and and i can kind of understand like when when it's fresh you're coming off of something and you're like i wish i would have done this but but you know you know how it is like a year from now you're gonna look back and then be like you know what that was the best experience. One oh, of the I best experiences. I think it
0: was about, I think in the end I did it about perfect. Right. I, I took some days where I was kind of enjoying myself, but I still, you know, stayed ahead of the broom, like a, a racing time. So yeah, I think I'm okay with like saying I'm not going to be a competitive bike packer, but <laughs> nah, I'm okay with that.
1: Um, I, I just think- sometimes
0: feel like I, sh- I should, right. If you yeah. have the potential, but sure.
1: yeah. I think you should be okay with that because, um, from my perspective, it it is impressive as hell to, to, uh, I don't know, to, 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 to line up at the beginning, to go through all of that, to finish, to do it on a single speed. I mean, I, I mean, it's just a huge congratulations. And I know it's so many people, so many of your friends, so many people here from Michigan, you know, they're just kind of fall. I don't know if, if they, if you, if you, felt that, you know, uh, that the
0: the extra energy and support. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it was,
1: it was cool to see, um, people resharing stuff of yours and, um, and see your own updates. So, I mean, you, you have to be, um, if, if you're not now, then I hope soon that you, you have to be so happy with your, uh, with your finish. And, um, yeah, I, I just can't say congratulations enough. It's inspiring. Yeah. It Thank honestly you. is inspiring. It's very cool. And just the, the, the many conversations I have had since you finished with other people about like, Hey, would that ever be anything that you're interested in? And, you know, maybe we <laughs> should try that or
0: bad ideas, I know.
1: <laughs> Isn't that all part of it though? <laughs> uh, uh, but I guess so.
0: It. Yeah. I don't know. I will say today I was on bike packing, you know, just looking at upcoming, even though I said, I'm not going to be a competitive bike packer. Like, I think I would still like to do the races just because other people are out there at the same time. And I do like that, even if I'm not riding with someone like seeing other people. So I would say I was on there looking at upcoming things, like not for, not for immediate future, but like, you know, what's the next goal down the road. Yeah.
1: Well, I did, I I have seen that you've been riding a little bit. Um, uh, and you, you mentioned doing the, the Manton divide, which is, one of the local, uh, gravel races, um, in Michigan. But, uh, so you're obviously, obviously back on the bike. Um, do you have anything else planned for the summer?
0: Yeah, I'm back on the bike. I didn't really feel like I needed, um, time off, uh, came back in pretty good shape physically. And then like mentally, I wasn't like, I know some people like, I don't want to look at my bike. Um, sure. And I definitely like after some of my Ironman events, I didn't want to look at my bike. I was like, nope, don't need to see that again. But no, <laughs> I was pretty, I was pretty excited to get back at it. I did my first intervals this morning and you're kind of like, okay, like what's, what's my heart, is my heart going to respond? It was really interesting watching uh, my computer died at some point, but the first couple of days, like watching like your max heart rate as you get fatigued, just be like,
1: oh yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's, it's not going to go above like 120 ever again <laughs> is what I was thinking. Sorry. I had a really good workout this morning there. So I've got a few gravel races. Um, yeah, the divide, uh, water oh,
1: of cool. course, yeah.
0: which is our local race. Um, I felt really strong single speeding that last year, uh, trying to decide if maybe I can go one gear harder this year, mm. maybe cause I'm used to you know, heavier bike, but we'll see, that might be a terrible idea. Spinners are winners. So, um, and then there's a race in Ohio called GPS 100. It's 100 hundred uh, K and that has single track pavement and gravel, which is going to be really interesting. Like there's no right gear for that on single speed. Cause the pavement's going to be silly and you know, cause there's so much climbing in right. Southern Ohio. So uh, but that's September and then cyclocross, like pretty much, I, I try to keep my calendar lately open for cyclocross in the fall. And, um, yeah, I'm sad cause I'd like to do Moran, but like, that's too long for me. Like, to, you know, yeah. be tapering off my length. And so it doesn't fit into a cyclocross season. Unfortunately,
1: I can't um, think of anything more different to cyclocross than, uh, packing. I mean, it seems those two things. No. Are-
0: I think it's got, like, you got to think about obstacles, right? You're thinking about obstacles, how you're going to overcome things. um, Mud, like bad weather, rocks. um, Fair enough. And then also the gear choice, gear choice, right? So cyclocross, you want to think about, okay, maybe this little section, these So I do think about tires a little bit in cyclocross, you know, this one section, these tires might be a little bit better, but then the rest of the course, they're going to be worse. So really, you know, you just have bad tires for that section and then, you know, run that part running, pushing your bike. You get that in cyclocross, right? (laughs) Like (laughs) carrying your bike. Yeah. I like the, the differences in intensities and stuff like that.
1: So So basically it was just a, you're saying the tour divide was just a, a multi-day multi-week cyclocross race. where i did a
0: very bad job remounting and dismounting my bike yes (laughs) or a worse worse than normal job i'm not great at that but yeah oh i mean like a really long cyclocross bike is kind of my dream but yeah
1: (laughs) well very cool tracy thank you um i was excited when i first heard that you were going to take this on and then um seeing that you finished and and following along the progress i was i was getting more and more excited to talk to you about it and i know that a lot of people um are excited to hear about your story so um thank you for sharing and again yeah. congratulations of course
0: thank you so much
1: you're welcome um anything else before we wrap it up
0: it's it's so hard you think about how hard it is to summarize like you know, a 200 mile race, and now you've got 31 days of riding. So yeah, yeah, I'm working on, I think something really nerdy. We'll see. I'll, I'll share it if it happens, but I'm going to try to put my race summary in like a, a data set using the, the, um, database that I use for my science. (laughs) That's, see. uh, that
1: seems like on brand for Dr. Tracy Berman, right? Like,
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, I don't really like writing. I know I post lots of stuff on Instagram. It takes me a very long time to do a paragraph, and it's kind of my Achilles heel professionally because we're supposed to write scientific papers, and people pretty much have to like tie me down into a chair and lock me in a room to get me to do it. I don't <laughs> like sitting down at a computer. Um, so like thinking about writing out a whole race report for this was overwhelming so i started putting in a spreadsheet and then spreadsheets are what we automatically ingest into this database and so someone in meeting today was like joking that i was going to put it in there and i'm like oh heck yeah it's happening <laughs> <laughs> i can put all my pictures in there like just like i'd put a microscopy image so yeah so i'll share that when it's That's
1: amazing <laughs> well awesome thank you so much this is perfect
0: yeah Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Uh, hopefully, I'll see you around at a race soonish. Are you doing the? Are you, I know you're riding a little bit.
1: I'm riding. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm back riding, um, and pretty much back to it. Um, I think now it's just like building fitness again. You
0: know, it sounds the, good for building fitness and healing ribs. Cyclocross.
1: <laughs> you know what? I mean, I've never done a cyclocross race.
0: Oh, yep, yep. Come to CX Pre-X, sign up for our clinics in August, Thursdays, and I then should. you learn, and then you can come to uh, Vets Park CX, it's going to be the Michigan State Championships.
1: Oh, you know what? I did hear that. Yeah. I like cyclocross. I mean, I like to, yeah, but I just, yeah, I've never You're raced it. You're allowed to
0: spec day two, that's fine, but uh, uh, you should race at least once.
1: I, I should race it once. I bet I will be terrible at it. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I mean, of course I probably would be terrible at it because I haven't ever done it before, but I I feel like the style, um, the technical aspect and like the, just that kind of riding, like I I would have to do a little work. That's what I'll say, (laughs) but I'm interested in it. I should do it. I should do it sometime, but you uh, should do it. Yeah. Um, great. It was awesome. Thank thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. The dirty chain podcast is a Michigan mid pack media production. In partnership with KOM Cycling, the source for your bike accessories and necessities. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Dirty Chain Podcast. Email dirtychainpodcast at gmail.com. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you use to listen. Audio editing and original music by myself, Trevor Gibney. And a huge thank you to Tracy Berman for being on this podcast. And thank you all for listening to the Dirty Chain Podcast. And as always, keep your chain clean, but get your chain dirty. We will see you in the mid-pack.